Welcome to episode 164 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the newest member of the customer service X-Men, Adam Toporek. We are <laughs> grasping now, aren't we? <laughs> Adam, what's your superpower? I'm Deadpool. I don't know. <laughs> it was a... I saw that movie. No, that's uh, he's, uh, maybe with the humor, but he's pretty nasty. So he can get, like <laughs> apparently he uh, like he can grow back stuff. Like it's, hard, it's pretty oh. hard to kill him or something. That would be so cool. So are we upsetting all the comic book geeks right now by like mixing the X Men with Deadpool? <laughs> like no, because that was part of it. They're trying to get oh. him get him in the X Men. I'm assuming there's some. I don't know the comics. I just have seen yeah. the movie. Uh, but either way. Deadpool's not a very nice guy, so I don't think I want to be Deadpool. I mean, he's sort of a hero, anti-hero type, but today we have the ultimate nice guy. Oh, there is a beautiful segue. That was that was really well done, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we do have one of the nicest guys on the podcast today, Doug Sandler. He is a podcaster and of... The Nice Guys podcast. <laughs> and I would say one of the nicest guys on the planet, not one of the nicest guys on the podcast, because that's just me and him. And really, there's not much of a distinction. <laughs> I meant of all the guests ah. and everybody, but that's pretty funny. Then, uh, yeah, I can be the I can be the best woman on the podcast. <laughs> you are absolutely the best woman. Just like I got, I'm an I'm an only uh, son, so I'm always my there mom's favorite son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Doug is not only a nice guy and not only co-hosts the podcast called the nice guys podcast, he's written a book also called nice, nice guys, finish, guys first. finish first. And I think overall, he really has a great message that can apply to so many things, not just business, but life in general, customer service for sure. And, uh, we had a really nice conversation, I would say. Uh, very nice. Yes. <laughs> well, Doug's a great guy. I've known him for years online and we uh, got to meet, uh, spend some time together recently. And he really truly does live up to his message of being nice. And, but it's more than just being nice. There's really a, a concept behind it that can be applied in the real world and can be applied to organizations and customer facing, um, staff. So I think it really translates well and let's get into the interview. So I will tell you a little bit about Doug. Doug Sandler has over 30 years of business experience as an entrepreneur and leader. His book Nice Guys Finish First is a number one ranked Amazon bestseller. As a podcaster, Doug has interviewed Ariana Huffington from HuffPost, Dan Harris from Good Morning America, Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff, and dozens of celebs. He specializes in teaching others the how-tos of building relationships and strengthening connections. Doug is a nationally recognized speaker and writer. His weekly posts reach hundreds of thousands of readers. Doug has been titled by a leading social media marketing company in the top 100 of social media thought influencers to follow. Doug, how are you? I am doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me, Jeannie. Thanks for having me on the show. We're so pleased that you joined us today. Thank you for being here. Oh, excellent. My pleasure. So I have to jump in and ask right away a really, really critical question. 
<laughs> Do nice guys really finish first? Uh, shoot, I thought you were going to say, ask me if I was married or something. <laughs> <laughs> so cynical, Jeannie. Jeez. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny you say that, Jeannie, because there's a in chapter one of my book, which is actually called Nice Guys Finish First. There is a uh, there's a quote by uh, Gary Shandling, and it says, uh, if uh, you don't think nice guys finish first, you don't know where the finish line is. So. What I would say is I do feel like nice guys finish first, but I, but I can only control my barometer, no one else's. It depends on what your definition of success or what your definition of first really is, right? Mm, I like that. Ah, well, yeah. So that's you know, I think we just talked about this on a podcast episode. So for, forgive me if I'm repeating to other <laughs> another episode. But you know, back when Survivor was like a big show and it first came out. Uh, and it was very Machiavellian, you know, how you win the show. I saw some articles about, you know, that's not how you win in life. Right. That's not, you know, because in life it's not a zero-sum game. It doesn't end right there. So that finish line is further. You have relationships and how you treat people is truly manifested. And I think when we look at customer service and customer experience, which I know you are an expert in, Doug, you know, we also talk about those relationships and building that relational, uh, you know, sort of, platform or base for our relationships with customers. So what are some nice guy tips for customer service training for people that have to interact face to face with customers? Well, I, I, the, the first thing I would tell you as the, as the grand tip, uh, the one that I follow the, the most is, uh, is just being human. You know, I've had a number of experiences, whether it's with someone as a uh, as a store manager, a store clerk, or over the phone with a credit card company, utility company, or even a much smaller organization. And it oftentimes comes down to they're so entrenched in the routine that they go through on a day in and day out basis that they forget that the person standing in front of them, me in this particular case, is a customer of the store. And oftentimes they will say things like buzzwords and they will get into the whole um, above my head conversation or started telling me about policies and procedures of their company, forgetting I'm just trying to get my question answered. You know, can we just can you just for a moment just put down your script, you know, whatever that script is, whether it's a red script or whether it's, a, a, you know, a uh, just a, a figurative script. Just put down your script for a moment and be a, a human being and treat me and talk to me like I'm a person standing across from you, not a dollar sign. Well, and that's, I mean, that topic comes up over and over and you'd think we would kind of get it by this point, right? Like as organizations that we would figure out that we don't need to put a, such a hard and fast process around everything that we can't be human with one another. Well, I, but I, think, I hope I hope not, though. I, I hope not because then I'm out of a job. <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. You and it's me like, both. It's, it makes it it's impossible for people to get it because they get so stuck in there. And again, I'm going to call it a script without meaning it's a written script with words on it, but they they get so caught in their routine that they forget that, uh, that they have to be a person. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. that simple. Mm -hmm. And do you think, you know, how much of that is on leadership? Because I mean, we talk a lot again about how so much of this comes from the top, but frankly, what do you do when the leader is not one of those nice guys, is not one of the people who really looks at everybody in this way that encourages humanity and connection and all the things we talk about, are there ways to overcome that if you're absolutely. either in the organization or working with the organization? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I would tell you to do, and I'm saying this with, with, with all due respect for everybody that is like this in the world, what I would tell you to do is get another job. 
<laughs> what I can't stand is when somebody comes to me or what's very challenging to me is when somebody comes to me with a problem of uh, this is how they do it in my organization. And and I just can't seem to, to get through to them that being a human being is much more important than a policy and procedure. And this is somebody on the front line talking to me at, about their management team. There's nothing we can do to change them. And I say, I, I don't mean to say this disrespectfully, but get another job. If you can't, your job is not to convince your boss to to change. And if he's not going to let you be you and be a human being, the the easiest thing to do, or, or or I guess I should say this differently, the most challenging thing to do for a for a manager to do is hire the right people for the role. When they hire the right person for the role, and then they handcuff them because they have a certain management style that doesn't fit into the the to the nice methodology. Let's call it being a human mm-hmm. being, putting product, uh, putting people before products. Uh, you know, then then um, they have to figure out a way to get around that manager. And when you start to do that, it's lost because you you can only be a human being in business. You cannot be a sterile machine. It's not going to work for you personally. And I'm I'm the guy that likes to put my head down on my pillow at night, knowing that everything I've done through the course of my day um, was uh, was proper and aligned with being a human being, not just being a guy trying to churn money through my account. Mm. But let me ask you this. So I think it's from a managerial perspective, it can be really difficult to get the right people. And I know it's easy to, for us to sit here and say, well, you know, hire the right people and hire the pe- for your culture. Uh, sometimes you've got to get bodies in and the labor market does not, uh, you know, completely uh, uh, help yeah. you help you out. So let's say, you I mean, hopefully you're not taking any sort of quote unquote bad apples, but let's say you take a couple of bruised apples. So mm-hmm, what, sure. are, what are your suggestions for get rid of the bruises and, and shape, shape them for uh, uh, being more human? And, and, that, and you bring to me a more of a realistic problem that is in today's workforce than, um, than just a, a manager not willing to change and a staff that's just going to try to do it their own way. So how do you change a bruised apple? I would, I would tell you it, training is extremely important. And it's not necessarily training on the products and services that your company offers. Yes, that is important for, the, for people that are working for your organization to understand um, what, uh, what your products and services are. But it really is about training them how to be a, a human being, training them how to return phone calls properly, training them how to post on social media and in, on um, you know, in any other uh, uh, technical platform properly, training them how to return phone calls, emails, tell the truth, um, not overpromise and underdeliver. Um, you know how to reach out to customers when when they're not in need, just to say hi or to make sure that they are touching base and staying top of mind. Those four or five things that I just mentioned are key, and they really don't involve uh, product or service knowledge at all. It just is involves being a human being and being nice. We well, you know what I love about that is, of course, we all love the idea of training because we know how under uh, <laughs> underutilized it is and yeah. how important it is. But it sounds like, you know, when you talk about being human, I'd like to get your take on it. How What role empowerment has in this? Because I feel like when you talk about those people that aren't necessarily using scripts but sort of have a, uh, a box in their head they won't get out of, sometimes mm-hmm. they place the box there themselves. That's psychological empowerment. But sometimes the box is placed there for them. They're just aren't empowered to color outside of the lines very much. So what role do you feel empowerment has in this sort of being human? 
Absolutely. And that is part of a tricky process too, because sometimes you have a manager that you could equally paint with a, he's, well, he's just not a nice manager. He just doesn't have people skills or human skills, uh, but he does have the ability to empower his staff to make decisions. The problem is you have to be able to empower them to make the right decisions. So um, the way to do that is simply just talk to your people about you know, the skill set that they are able to bring to the table with their with customers that, that they're dealing with. Um, can they help make that customer experience an amazing experience? Can they go out? Can they think outside of the box to help the customer and the, the people that are bringing in revenue to their organization? Can you help resolve their problems? If you have somebody on the front line is trained in the skills of being human and communication more so than the products and services that the company offers, I think you're going to find that you'll have an organization that um, that makes their customers happy, which directly affects the bottom line. So it all it, it's all one big um, it, it's all big one organism. The organization that treats their customer or that treats their their employees poorly, um, those employees tend to treat their customers not as well as the organizations that treat their employees like champions and those champions, those internal people, especially the frontline people are going to treat their customers that way also. So it all affects the bottom line management and frontline people as well. Well, and I think we will back you up with a round of kumbaya on that one because it really is (laughs) like we see it as a full circle as well. But one of the things that I think is particularly challenging right now and has been for a little bit is that customers sometimes are just not nice right now and they will go on social media and review sites and they will blast a brand and you know the brands are kind of left shaking their heads saying well they're just not nice so we're just not going to deal with them but I'm I'm wondering your take on this what do you suggest in dealing with these customers who maybe aren't one of the nice guys. Yeah. And I can tell you this from a personal experience that, that I had uh, with somebody that was a reader of my book. And, you know, I look at the, I look at the, the hundred reviews, let's say that you get on a book and, and I see a hundred five star reviews and then I get one bad review and I'm thinking, what the heck did I do? You know, or what, what was, right. what was wrong with this? So I'm, I focus on that one, not the nine, 99 others that were great. <laughs> so you go to that one person, you know, as long as you keep your, um, your communication respectful and you keep it genuine and you keep it transparent to the rest of the world that's out there. I know those are three really big buzzwords that are overused today, but the reality of it is they're buzzwords for a reason because we use those properly. But if you approach somebody that comes to you with a negative opinion or a negative mindset about what your company has been offering or has been doing and you hide that person, um, they're the, they're going to get more vocal and they're going to get more passionate about their negativity. If, however, you expose uh, a genuine, authentic answer directly on social, wherever they're presenting it to you, and you try to resolve the problem, human beings are human beings. I mean, nobody is perfect unless you're just grossly um, negligent with the responsibilities that you have as a supplier of services or goods, then um, then you really should just confront that person in in a gentle way directly as they're doing it with you. So I would say, yeah, there are going to be customers that are out there that are going to be nasty. Okay. So you can't control their behavior. You can only control yours. Mistakes are bound to happen. It's what happens next that really counts. And that's a line that I use over and over and over again in the world of customer service, because we can't please everybody, but let's take the people that aren't happy and show the rest of the world how we know how to deal with a problem. That's, that's very wise advice. 
Very sage, yes. <laughs> well, You've got to one-up me in the adjectives. <laughs> I do. Well, um, let me ask you, since we're talking about being nice and you are the epitome of what you preach, is there ever a downside? Do you ever find you know, the, the original expression, which you did the play on words on, is nice guys finish last? So do you ever find that being a nice guy you know, has... What are the challenges, I guess, is the best way to put it. I think the biggest challenge of, uh, of the philosophy that nice guys finish first is that people uh, perceive that word nice as you being a pushover or you being a yes man. So you tend to be brought a lot more problems. Um, and oftentimes I, I always tell everybody, you know, you're bringing me the wrong part of the problem. If, if I was mean all along, well, uh, let's just skip that part. I, I'm not, I'm never <laughs> going to be a mean guy. It's just, it's just not my, in my style. The, the problem is that people will, uh, they tend to think that I'm a pushover and I, and I challenge anybody that, um, that, that knows me or that doesn't know me to, uh, to bring me, you know, a situation. I'm totally not a yes guy and I'm totally not a pushover. I'm a, I'm a negotiator. I mean, that's my world, but I want everybody in the, in the negotiation to win. And you know, for me, when somebody says to me, I have a budget of $2,000 for something, uh, and, and my products and services can be anywhere in pricing. I, I don't, I don't want to hit them with $2,000. I would come back to them with, well, it's $1,800. You know, I want to be able to show them that, they, that I'm not going to push them to their limit. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I'm totally not a pushover. I don't know if that, if that shows a good example there, but well, what, if they come, well, what if they come in with 500 and your product is 1800? Well, I, I also have the right not to hire every customer. Exactly. <laughs> and I do have the right to fire a customer too. And I've done that plenty of times where I don't feel like my customer in a, and I are in alignment with the same, with the same goals that we have. I might've thought differently about what they had as goals for my products or services. And, uh, and they had a whole different mindset and I might just, you know, I have no problem with cutting a deal um, because uh, because I don't feel that we're in alignment with each other. So, you know, losing the losing the money is uh, is secondary to my sanity. Yeah. So <laughs> you're very sane. So I can I can attest to that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll say it sounds like really another way to phrase it maybe is, you know, courtesy and respect. I mean, you don't being nice doesn't mean you do what everybody wants, but it's how you handle not doing what something somebody wants and we all yeah. we all three of us teach this when we talk about customer service you know how do you say no to a customer one you don't say no if you can avoid it <laughs> two you use certain language and communication and so i think you know nice is you, you got to call your book something and your podcast something that's nice and short but yeah it's got it's got nuance to it right yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I think for me, again, at the beginning of the conversation, we, we talked about it and I think it really comes down to, um, it's not just about how to churn that, the, uh, the income and create that cash flow. It really is about at the end of the day, I want to be able to put my head down on my pillow at night, knowing that I've done the right thing in the course of my day. And I challenge anybody, uh, that has ever worked with me over the last 30 some years of me being in business, uh, of them to say, Hey, he really, he really just did that just to, just to make a buck. Very, very, very rare expectation, whether it's where, when it's about the money and not about the, you know, the solution to a customer's problem. I've just never been that way. It's, money's just not that important to me from that perspective. Well, and I think this is a really good reinforcement for, um, some of the other things we've talked about on this podcast, including having the go-giver, Bob Berg, on 
uh, as one of our first guests, he yeah. talks about this a lot and just how it's not about being a pushover at all. It's about really just wanting everybody to win. So I love that idea. And this has been great. And you are just as nice as I was hoping, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Jeannie. I've worked, I worked really hard at that. And it really, there really is no, you know, oftentimes people will say, well, what's the agenda? You know, what's your mm-hmm. agenda? It seems like you're you're too nice. You know, people that I've gotten to know over the years and I, the reality of it is this is just how I am. And this is the kind of business that I want to attract, uh, to my, Mm -hmm. to my company. I I really am looking to make it so that everybody in my organization and everybody that I, I come in contact with, um, walks away having a more positive feeling about themselves than before they had met me. Well, if people want to get in touch with you and feel good about working with a nice guy, where can they find you on the internet? Probably the best way to uh, to reach out to me is to just directly to, through my website, which is uh, dougsandler.com. We actually have a conference coming up in the uh, in the middle of uh, middle of um, I'm sorry, the beginning of November, uh, right in Baltimore. It's called the be <laughs> be more. Ni- <laughs> it's called the be more nice conference. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, it is all about being more nice, and uh, you know, we 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 practice what we preach, and we teach what we preach, and uh, you know, it all it goes hand in hand. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I got a lot out of this and it was just fun to talk to you. So thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks, Jeannie. Thanks, Adam, so very much. Thanks so much, Doug. We hope you enjoyed episode 164 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And we love your reviews. (laughs) We love your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Thank you and keep them coming. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and sign up for free newsletters and webinars at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training as well as my book, Use Your Customer's Hero at customersetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова